The Sons of Saturday podcast is brought to you by our friends at Main Street Pharmacy. Located right on Main Street in Blacksburg, Virginia, Main Street Pharmacy is proudly owned by a Hokie family and has been a partner of this podcast since 2020. MSP offers free delivery, curbside pickup, and vaccinations as well. If you are a student or resident in the Blacksburg area, you can always trust that at Main Street Pharmacy, you are not just a number, you are a neighbor. everybody november 1st it is officially it's the day after halloween it is officially christmas season so everybody welcome welcome into christmas season i was playing mariah carey this morning and uh we are doing our preseason interview with coach brooks he needs no introduction final four last year we're coming back this year looking looking forward to it coach how are you doing today I'm great, man. I'm great. November, the calendar turns and all of a sudden it gets really real. So uh, it's right around the corner. So we're not here to look in the rearview mirror, but we will for a second. Okay. Okay. Last year was historic in so many ways, but looking back at that last season, what did you learn about yourself over that journey? Um, When you look back, what did you learn about yourself specifically? You know, the biggest thing that I learned, Billy, was that, um, you know, I stopped and I smelled the roses. You know, it, it wasn't a situation where, you know, you didn't enjoy all the big wins. And we had a lot of big wins. You know, we had wins that um, they were historic. But because we were stacking them up, you know, it would have been really easy to forget about them. You know, we beat Tennessee twice. Okay, We beat Duke twice. We beat Carolina twice. We beat Virginia twice. We beat NC State twice. We beat Louisville twice. And, you know, and, and when you t- think about all that, it's really easy to win it and then think about what's going to happen the next game that you have to play. Um, but, you know, we were, we just got into a zone, especially in, in late January, February, March, where we were enjoying everything that we were doing and not to the point where we weren't prepared for the next step, but it was like, okay, now when I reflect and look back on last year and you say, Hey, what about that win at Carolina? When Liz hit the shot at the buzzer, I remember everything about that game the way that I walked into the locker room afterwards, what we did in the hotel room, you know, a hotel lobby afterwards. And those are, those are the things that would be special to you for the rest of your life that you'll remember. And I, I learned from my mistakes because I had a lot of great teams at James Madison and we won five championships at James Madison. And people will ask me, well, your team in 2014. And I have no recollection of what team I had in 2014 because as soon as 2014 was over, I was looking at 2015 and so I missed a lot. And so what I'll remember about last year is I'll remember every little thing, you know, winning at Tennessee and, you know, waiting to get on the bus, the bus ride home, even what we did at Tennessee before we, we all went out downtown Knoxville and looked at all the Christmas lights. And, you know, so I'll remember little things like that, which makes it very, very special. All right, coach. Well, this off season was pretty, uh, pretty fun for you guys. You got to go to Greece. Uh, you got the Cayman Islands coming up. You guys are just punching passports left and right over there in Blacksburg. But uh, what are some of the benefits of those trips versus a traditional neutral site game? And then for the in-season ones, is it hard to even realize where you are? Or are you so locked into basketball, it's hard to tell that you're on a beach somewhere in the islands? 
Now, I think you have to have a, uh, a, a good mixture, uh, a good combination of both, uh, understanding the severity of the game and what it means, uh, but also understanding where you are. Uh, the Cayman trip, uh, we have two extremely talented uh, opponents. Kansas, who won the WNIT last year, um, I don't think they're getting enough recognition because they won the WNIT last year and they have, have everyone back. And they're all like super seniors. So they're not like sophomores or coming into their own. They're, they're a great basketball group. Um, and then we have Tulane, which is going to be a very tough opponent for us. And so last year we went to the Bahamas and we played Kentucky and we played Missouri. And again, stopping and smelling the roses. You know, it was an opportunity. Uh, the level of professionalism that our team has, you know, I trusted it, you know, to make sure they understood they were in the Bahamas. Yes, go to the water park on our day off. You know, uh, don't stay in the sun too much, but understand that, you know, you are in the Bahamas. Otherwise, we could have played this game, you know, in Blacksburg, you know, whatever. So, you know, really enjoy it because those are going to be memories you're going to have, but also make sure you're professional enough that you're going to be prepared. And uh, and they were. And I always tell my kids, you know, I'll treat you like adults till you prove me differently. And uh, in that particular group, they did a phenomenal job of understanding it. So we wanted them to enjoy uh, everything last year. We go to Greece. Uh, Greece was the best trip I've ever taken in my life. Uh, I've been on, I've been on many, and these trips, you know, they, you know, they are. A lot of people will look at it and say, "Oh, you just get to go to Greece or Italy," and they think it's just about the fun. But it, it has a purpose. It's an educational piece to it. Uh, in Greece, we went to the, the ancient ruins. You know, we we studied, you know, Greek mythology. We got to hear all about it. Uh, kids were locked into that aspect of it, which is great because. Who knows? Maybe they'll never get to go to Greece again. Uh, we've been to Italy. You know, we've been to Rome. They got to see, you know, everything about that. Got to dive into the culture. Uh, they took advantage of it. But also, it, it just helped us build team camaraderie. We have a team this year, and I'll probably say it 100 times on this podcast. We have a team that has nine players that have never played for me before. And then we have three that have played like a million minutes for me before. And that's a wide disparity. And you have to make sure it comes together. So the Greece trip was something that really helped us understand each other's people. And you have to understand each other's people before you can be teammates. And uh, that was a big plus for us. So, you know, we, we go on these trips and, they're, and they're, they're very beneficial for us. It's not just a vacation. It's very beneficial for our culture, for our chemistry, uh, and also educational piece because, again, these kids, a lot of them had never been out of the country before. You know, some will never go again. You know, it might be their only time. And uh, we're, we're glad that we can add to the experience because it's not just basketball. It's not just an education. We want to give these kids a wonderful experience while they're here at Virginia Tech. Well, you mentioned the uh, the three elder statesmen you've got. We talked to Hunter a little bit this past weekend when we were in town. And obviously, it's like his 10th year in Blacksburg at this yeah. point. You have a couple of those of your own. Uh, how much of a challenge is it to keep Liz, Georgia, Kayla engaged while also kind of protecting them from themselves in, ter in terms of workload? You know, you, you hit it spot on. Uh, I, I don't have to I don't have to worry about them being engaged. Uh, they, they are they're they're super seniors. They've been through a lot. They understand my system better than anybody that has ever played for me. Uh, so they're always engaged and they're competitors. Uh, they're they're always going to be engaged. What I have to do is protect them from themselves because sometimes they're too engaged. You know, they're 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 also lead by example type kids. And so, you know, we're out there and I'm trying to teach, you know, the other nine, you know, what we're doing. Well, those three, I have to watch them because they're out there full bore going up and down and, you know, just, you know, so I have to protect them against themselves. And it's probably the only time that Liz or, or Georgia kind of give me the evil eyes when I tell them to sit out. 
you know, sit out, you know, I, I don't need you in this exercise, sit out, I don't need you in this drill. And uh, they're such competitors. So it is a fine balance because um, we Georgia needs rhythm in order for her to be at her at her top performance. Uh, Kayla needs confidence. So she needs to see the ball go through the hoop. Uh, and Liz is probably the one that doesn't need as many reps, but we need reps with Liz so that we understand how to play and how people are going to play her and what's going to be available to her. So it's a fine, it's a fine balance. And it's probably been the biggest struggle that I've had this off season or this preseason is trying to get the others, others up to par while those kids are being protected. And I kind of use the analogy. My wife was a seventh grade social studies teacher in Harrisonburg, Virginia, which is a very diverse community. A lot of a lot of people come into Harrisonburg uh, for the first time when they were young kids and moving from different countries. And uh, she would have to teach to a test, a standardized test. And she would have some students that were in the seventh grade reading on a 12th grade level. And she would have some students that were in seventh grade leading, uh, reading on a second grade level. And she would have to get them all, teach them all to the same test. And that's kind of like what I have to do because Liz, Kayla and Georgia, they, they read on a 12th grade level in my system while the others are reading on a second or third grade level because they just haven't been through it. And we have to get them all to be on the same page while we go out and perform. So we also asked, uh, you brag on Liz, Kayla and Georgia a lot, rightfully so. But four to five years of a program, there has to be something that drives you a little crazy about each one. So is there anything, a pet peeve or um, something common that you butt heads on uh, that comes from those three players? <laughs> um, and, and they're probably not going to be what you're looking for. But uh, Kayla drives me crazy with her um, lack of confidence in herself um, because I probably have more confidence in her than she has in herself. And sometimes, you know, I have to I have to drag that out of her, whether it might be at a at a, a, a bashing at halftime because she's being, you know, a certain way. Um, but I think the biggest bugaboo with Kayla is her early fouls. She'll get stupid fouls and then it changes the whole trajectory of how I have to coach. Um, Liz, Liz, I want Liz to be a little bit more like um, Michael Jordan than LeBron James. You know, she always wants to make the right play where sometimes the right play is her shooting over a double team. And, you know, she'll pass it out, you know, to a, a lesser uh, productive opportunity for somebody because she's trying to make the right play and being unselfish. Uh, Georgia, Georgia, every now and then gets into a little funk. I mean, she's a little bit hard headed, but it's really easy to reel her back in and get her back out of it. Um, but I, I think that the biggest the biggest thing, uh, the funniest thing for them is. You know, they have the Queens of Castle and, you know, they do all this stuff. They have great chemistry. Uh, I'm going to do my own podcast when their careers are over with and show you guys clips of them going at each other uh, during a practice. And so most of the time during practice, both of them will be at the top at half court with me and their interactions, you know, on a play. If they get mad at each other or something, uh, their back and forth is is worth worth the edit worth the the podcast and it would be it would probably get way more views than any of their queens of castle uh podcasts but uh but it's really fun to watch them interact with each other coach i wasn't i wasn't thinking of asking this but i, I do want to bring it up but i'm not i'm not asking you as someone who you know is, is participating in it and helping them out and they've been so fun to work with was there ever a point that them doing that either concerned you or has it ever gotten in the way or how do you think that that's overall affected um their on-court 
ability or even their brand or Virginia Tech basketball's brand in general? No, I think it's enhanced our brand. I think it's enhanced their brand. Uh, never, I never was concerned about their level of professionalism. Uh, those two kids are locked in their focus. Uh, they, they, they will not do anything that's going to um, supersede the program. And uh, I knew that going in. I wasn't worried about it. I felt like it would be a great uh, addition for them to do that, to, to build their brand. And, and, and let's face it, we're in a different realm of college athletics uh, where kids are going to go out and, uh, and they're going to try to build their brand. Uh, we were playing a game against an opponent last year who had a, a player that was really big in social media with their brand NIL. And uh, they had a film crew following them around at before the game started. You know, we were they were warming up and a film crew was, you know, watching them warm up, shooting free throws and whatnot. I never, never had fear of Georgia or Liz, you know, letting that interfere with, you know, our team. So. I'm glad it has enhanced. Uh, I go around, you know, a lot of different places and people will come up to me and they say uh, they watch the podcast, you know, um, and, and it's a it's a huge genre of people. And it's not just, you know, one realm. It's a lot of different people who watch it. So I think it's helped them. It's helped us, uh, but never was uh, a fear of it interfering with anything that happened with Virginia Tech basketball. And uh, it's kind of funny if they if I text them and, and we have text conversations all throughout the day. And sometimes if I text them both about something different and they don't respond right away, it's probably because they're doing the podcast. And uh, so that's the only interference that I ever had is that they don't respond right away. But I know probably what they're doing. Yesterday, I text both of them about practice. Hey, what you think? What you think? And for about an hour or so, I didn't get anything back. And then at the same time, I got the little dots because both of them are texting me back you know, about <laughs> it. And, and both apologized first and said, Hey, sorry, finished up the podcast, uh, but practice was blah, 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 blah. So so that that's the only interference that I have is that they don't text me right back sometimes because they're doing it. But other than that, I think it's been a big plus for them. I, we were about to move on to this season, but you said something in your uh, in your previous answer that I wanted to kind of double down on as kind of a basketball nerdy type question. But um, you mentioned the right play for Liz to be shooting over a double team, and that's something that fans watching a game might think immediately, oh, she should have passed out of that double team. Can you kind of give a brief example of when the right time for something like that might be? Well, and it's, and it's uh, you know, we're, we're in big girl basketball. So it's not the YMCA where everybody gets, you know, five minutes here and then another five come in and they get five minutes. And, you know, you're talking about, you know, everyone needs to get attempts. You, you, want, you want the best players to get the most attempts. That's just everybody. Right. And, uh, and, and for Liz, Liz is not going to get clean opportunities anymore. That's what makes her so special that she's averaged 18 and 10, 18 and 11 for like three straight years, all the while being double team and triple team. That would be like you guys right now doing this podcast and there's somebody in your ear tapping you on your shoulder, standing in front of you while you're trying to ask questions and listen to it. Just two or three people trying to prevent you from doing your job the best that you can. All the while, you're still successful and you've proven that you're the best player in the league um, for three straight years. And it's remarkable. And that's what I want Hokie Nation to understand. I want Hokie Nation to understand that they're able to witness a generational player, the best player that's ever played in Virginia Tech history. If anybody wants to argue with me, please show me stats because she's killed all of those stats. Um, and so sometimes she has to understand that that her talent is so superior 
to most people on the floor that her shooting a shot over a double team might be just as good as somebody else shooting a wide open shot. And it's taken a lot. It's taken a lot for her to do it. Last year, when I told her you need to shoot 20 times in a game, she would cringe because she's such a team player. She, she will celebrate someone else's successes far quicker than she will her own. As a matter of fact, I have right to my right, um, I have all of her player of the year trophies, ACC, all of her all-conference trophies. Anything that she's ever garnered while she's been here, they're sitting on my desk. So if you walked in my office right now, and you would think that I was a really good basketball player until you read the names on the trophies. But part of her greatness, too, is understanding her, her ability to dominate and what she can do. And I think she understands that now. And she's willing to go out, okay, if I have to take 20, 25 shots for the betterment of the team, then I'll do that. And, uh, and, and, she's, and she's such a team player that she, she didn't really want to do that early, but now she's ready for it. We, uh, we know about the vets. We've talked about the, you know, the three who've played a lot of basketball for you. Uh, we've started to get to know some of the transfers, Matilda, Rose, Olivia. Um, but what can you tell us about this group of freshmen? And I'll lump Carly in there as well because you referenced you know, the people who haven't played for you yet. And in some instances, you've got a lot of girls who haven't played college basketball yet. So what can you tell us about that group um, who haven't played college ball yet, but they will here very soon? They, uh, they're, they're living up to the billing. Uh, they were, I think they were a top 15, top 20 recruiting class uh, that we got here. And uh, they've shown every bit why they are like that. But they're freshmen. And uh, they're freshmen who are coming into a team with high expectations and uh, less margin for error. And so, therefore, you know, they don't have the luxury like, like Liz did when Liz came in here. We were an unknown. We were trying to make a name for ourselves. So she got thrown into the fire and she got to play, you know, through her mistakes. Uh, Georgia got here pretty much the same thing. We were still trying to establish ourselves. She got thrown into the fire. She she got a chance to make a name for herself on the court while we were playing. Uh, these kids come in and you look at Clara Strack. I just finished watching film with her and she's good. She's going to be very good. The problem is that you comparing her to somebody who's standing beside her who is a two-time player of the year, two-time All-American, and you're like, okay, well, look what Liz did. You should be doing the same thing, but it's a really unfair comparison. Uh, but when you sit down and you analyze what she's doing, you're very pleased with it. And you look at her situation. When you guys see her play, I want you to keep in mind, every time you watch her play, she's supposed to be a high school senior this year. She won't turn 18 until December. All right, so she's supposed to be in high school. She was a military kid. Uh, parents moved around. She got bumped up a grade. And that's for that's our, our benefit because if she were on the circuit right now, she'd be a she'd be a top fifteen player, you know. But we have her one year to play with Liz and to learn. And I'm very very pleased with what she's doing. Uh, you look at uh, Samaya Suffering. All right, she might she's from Charlotte, North Carolina. Hands down, the 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 most athletic kid in our program. She's more gifted. She can she can move. She's fast. She's strong. But she's a freshman. You know, and her and Mackenzie Nelson, they get their butt kicked every day by Georgia because Georgia is so much smarter. And so, again, they're coming in into a situation with less margin for error. So I don't know how much they will be able to contribute. Years past, they would have been they would have been we'd have lived and died with their movements, their turnovers, because we weren't you know, projected a top 10 team and what we were trying to accomplish. Um, and you, you can go and continue on Karis Baker, one of the best shooters that we have. 
uh, just trying to learn the game. But she's going to be very good. Has great size. Shoots the light out of the lights out of the basketball. Um, and years past, we were throwing her right in, and she'd have been like you know a, a major contributor to learn on the fly. So I'm very pleased with what they're doing. They probably think that they're not doing great right now because we're trying to get them all up to speed so they can compete uh, at a high level and be able to help us. I don't think you're going to see as much production from them in November or December as you will in January. Well, that's good. Trending towards the end of the season, right? Uh, I thought one of the coolest clips from <clears throat> social media I've seen this offseason was the, the rookie and the vet clip of yeah. Liz and Clara both hitting that baseline uh, yeah. fadeaway. That was pretty awesome. Yeah. What are some of the similarities between Liz and Clara? Uh, not Liz now, but Liz when she got here as a freshman, like kind of just like you talked about. You know, we, we talked about that. We went to Greece, and and uh, and obviously the, the competition wasn't as good, and um, and Liz didn't play in Greece. So Clara got to play extensive minutes, and she produced very well. And uh, when I, so much so it intrigued me. Uh, it actually intrigued Liz was the one that actually brought it up. She said, do you still have the clips when we went to Italy when I was a freshman? And, you know, so we we dug them up and we watched them. Um, and I would argue that Clara is probably ahead of Liz. And before everyone wants to get excited and say, OK, well, she's going to be Liz again. All right. Well, that's a discredit to what Liz did from her freshman year to her sophomore year. You know, it still remains to be seen if Clara can you know, take those next steps. Is she willing to do the things that Liz was willing to do? Uh, but as they walked into Virginia Tech as Hokies, as newfound Hokies, um, Clara is every bit as good, and in some and in some instances can do more things than what Liz can do. Uh, but the same, but and, and it's kind of ironic because both of them are young. Liz, Liz is right now is a fifth year senior with the class that she was supposed to be age wise, because um, she came in as a young senior, uh, freshman, and Clara's doing the same thing. So a lot of similarities. Um, I stop short and I always, when I talk to Clara about what Liz has done, I always preface it with, I don't want you to be Liz Kitley. I want you to be Clara Strack, but the blueprint is right in front of you and you got, you can be able to learn from it. Hey guys, this is Ali Jennings, the third wide receiver for your Virginia Tech Hokies. When I committed to Virginia Tech football, I committed to the best. That's why I chose Harvey's GM in Radford. Why settle for less when you can have the best? Go to Harvey's GM for all of your vehicle needs. Tell them Ali sent you. That's Harvey's GM, Tyler Ave in Radford, or go to their website at harveysgm.com for more info. So, Coach, you won't say it, but I will. Absolute sacrilege that there are no national televised games at home. A travesty. An absolute travesty, but I do want to ask, how special has that castle atmosphere become? You've mentioned trips to Tennessee, you're going to LSU this year, um, but Virginia Tech has legitimately carved out being one of the absolute best places to play, not just in the ACC, but the entire country. How does that elevate you all um, as you step on the Castle Coliseum? Well, it elevates us. Uh... You know, first and foremost, I've been screaming it since I got here. And I came from a place at James Madison where we built it. And we were playing in front of, you know, four and 5,000 people in a 6,000 seat arena. So it was always full, the atmosphere, the energy. Um, it was always a, a fun place to play and a hard place to play. And, um, and so our, our kids benefited from that because 
they work hard. They work extremely hard. And, you know, and when they watch their counterparts, you know, the men come in in, in front of full stadiums or full arenas, and uh, if they don't get to play in front of that, it, it is a little bit demoralizing. So when I got to Virginia Tech, obviously we had to start from ground zero and we had to build it. And, and it, was, it was really a tough pill to swallow because, you know, you would come out and there would be barely a thousand people, maybe a couple thousand people in a 9,000 seat arena. And it looks very empty and it could be deflating for your kids' morale and, you know, the hard work that they're putting in. Then when they go watch the men play, then you have 9,000 people, you know, jumping. And I always said that, you know, uh, it, it's two things that we are that are very similar to the men. All right. We're, we're hokey. We're both Hokies and we both play basketball in the same arena, you know, so if you could come watch the men play, you know, and you're a Hokie, all right, and you love basketball, all right, why can't you just come and, and come watch the women play as well? But we had to build it. We had to build it and we built it with, you know, great character kids and uh, who also are really good at basketball, play a fun brand of basketball. You can go across the, the country and watch women's basketball and you saw it on display for us last year. We play a fun brand of basketball and uh, you, you, you minus the, the dunks, and there's not a whole lot of difference if you just really open up your mind and say, hey, let me just watch the game and see what it's like. And the kids play with so much passion. So when the when the stands start to fill up, you know, I feel so good for for the Liz, for Georgia, for Kayla, you know, for Taylor Soul, for Kayana Trailer and all those kids who work so hard and then they, they, they get appreciated. You know, you want to be in a situation where you're appreciated, sometimes celebrate it, but you never want to be somewhere where you just tolerate it. And I think what the kids, you know, experiencing the, the fan base, because <clears throat> our fan base is tremendous. And I'll say it too, Billy, it is a travesty that we, we don't have a home game uh, on ESPN because we show so well and we deserved it. And I, I don't, I don't, I don't know how you can go through a calendar and I get it. You want us, you want to see us play Louisville. You want to see us play Carolina. You want to see us play some of these teams, but we play Carolina Duke, uh, NC State, all those guys here too, and uh, and and it would be really good for women's basketball to show Castle Coliseum uh, while there's so many people here, especially at the height of popularity. We just came off of a Final Four. You know, we're going to have good crowds, not just crowds that just sit down on their hands. You know, they're they're wild, they're intimidating. You know, I, I dare you to shoot an air ball in here because you're not going you're, you're not going to live it down. I shot an air ball in here when I played uh, for James. Not even shoot an air ball. I, I played at James Madison. We played here one time, and I guess the student section just wanted to pick on the point guard because I was going to have the ball the most of the time. And every time I touched it, they booed me. And I was like, "What did I do to them?" You know. So like, and nothing's changed. You know, this crowd, Hokie Nation, is they're very passionate about their teams and they celebrate them. So it would have been a great, great display. For women's basketball if we had a game here in castle um but you can look at it you can say you know we do have as many or more games on espn than anyone uh, we just have to travel and go prove ourselves on the road i think one thing that people need to take into account too is that when you go to a basketball game you're not all uh you're not only going to watch basketball you get a nice 10 minutes of watching coach brooks toss some sort of Congratulations to so and so on breaking this record. Here's your here's your commemorative basketball for that moment. Is your arm getting tired before the game? I mean, you might have the most assists on the entire team from uh, from before the ball even tips off. You know what? I have to I have to keep telling myself to don't get bored with it. Okay, enjoy it because these kids are they're just killing it. 
and I'm laughing right now because uh, on on uh, on Monday night we have a decision to make. Do do we celebrate the banner and the rings? All right, but we also we have four we have four basketballs <clears throat> that we have not given Liz yet. Her all-time leading score, okay, the all-time leading shot blocker, something with field goals and something else that we haven't given her yet because when she did it, it was during the stretch last year at the end of the year or in the tournament. And then the NCAA wouldn't allow us to uh, celebrate it during the NCAA tournament. So we have we have all these these records that we still have to give her a ball for. and We have to decide when we're going to do it. And uh, it would probably be in the second or third home game. And uh, and, you know, but she's like, I, I, it's fine. It's fine. But you but you can't get bored with it, you know, because, you know, you do want to make sure you celebrate it. And, um, you know, when you become the all time leading scorer in a, in a program's history, that's a big deal. And she did that last February, and we still yet to give her the basketball for everybody to be able to celebrate that. That's like the biggest basketball you can get, and uh, and so so we'll be able to do it soon. But you know we're, we're fortunate that she's okay with all of it. I, I forget what game I was at last year, and she got like two, maybe even three. And I looked <laughs> at the baseline, and I think it was Taylor Soul and Georgia were just making fun of her. They were pretending to juggle. They were doing all this stuff on the baseline. Yeah. It was pretty hilarious. So now she's got four more coming her way. Yeah, four more That's coming. It, it's funny because if you look back here, I have I have seven, seven basketballs with hers and George's names on them for stuff that they they've gotten, and it's just they're just in my office. And they're going to keep piling up. That's for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. uh, maybe not. Maybe they're running out of room in the record books. I'm not really <laughs> sure. Um, all right, we're going to move on to rapid fire now. I'm a Smith Mountain Lake guy. I spend a lot of time down there in the summer with my parents. So I need you to describe your perfect day at Smith Mountain Lake. I know you got the hot dog truck at one time. I saw you tweet that out. I have yet to find the hot dog boat. You haven't had it yet? No, I haven't found it. I found the ice cream boat, but not the hot dog boat. I think they're the same people. It might be. It might be. I've gotten the ice cream. But, yeah, let's hear the perfect day for Coach Brooks at Smith Mountain Lake. The perfect day for me at Smith Mountain Lake is the last day I was there because all of them are, like, different. You know, and obviously when you go there and we, we got a pretty good setup where we are, it's uh, it's not too busy, but it's not dead. I mean, so, you know, we, we get boats that go by all the time and and a lot of Hokie Nation knows where I live now. So they'll kind of they'll do a little they'll do a little a uh, little circle in my cove and come up and talk to me. And uh, and so but like we, we were there on Sunday, just me and my wife. And um, it's obviously a different time, but it was 70 degrees, 75 degrees. Uh, I felt like it was snowing leaves. You know, she was laying out and I just got I got a video. It was just snowing leaves, these bright yellow leaves falling off of it. And I'm on my iPad. I watch film. I'm watching boats, watching film. Great. Then I go back up and then I'm watching Sunday uh, football all day long. Just me and her. She's cooking on the grill. That was an absolute chill day for me. And then and then I'll have days where um we go over in the summertime and it's uh, it could be just me and my family. Uh, Hunter can be there and uh, he, he provides the testosterone for me. So I, I can talk about sports, you know, and and so, you know, having three girls, they they know sports, but like he knows it into a little bit more in depth. So I can have that. I can have that, you know, that father son kind of conversation. And, and so then we'll go out on a boat and. Um, as long as we're not going over 15 miles an hour, I'm having a great time. Anything over that, I can't talk. I can't hear. Yeah, you can't you know, enjoy it. You can't enjoy it. So 15 miles an hour and under, and, you know, we have the music going. It's probably country music. I'm a country, When I'm over there, it's straight country music. 
straight country music. And I never thought I would like country music. And I get over there and it's just the vibe. Country music, the Jimmy Buffett, rest in peace. Um, you know, so th those are my perfect days over there because anything with water, it just calms me. I'm with you. Halloween candy. Do you have a do you have a favorite Halloween candy? Anything but candy corn. I'm, I'm not a candy corn dude. Um, and then anything that's in the bowl, you know, we, we got a we got a big bowl and you know we're talking about we were talking about um Halloween last night. I went home and uh, my wife made, you know, wonderful soup, you know, me, um, me, her, my daughter Chloe and Hunter, and we're having soup and we're like, oh shoot, <clears throat> we don't have any candy. So I had to send Hunter down to Kroger's to get make sure we got candy. And as soon as he got back, we had like five five trick-or-treaters and we were like yeah just take it all take it all but um in, anything full size <clears throat> I'm, I'm i'm the kind of guy that wants to give out the full full size stuff i don't want people to come to the brooks house and say yeah they they skimp they didn't give me anything i wanted i wanted to be the cool house but i don't have a favorite i just uh, i just have a non-favorite that's candy corn what was coach brooks's best halloween costume who the best it, it was nothing but it was something just so i could go out and get candy i've never been a big you know costume person and just put on something just so i could walk up to the door and get candy and didn't get criticized for not having a costume and the last one that i have near and dear to my heart when is it appropriate for christmas music to start and for the decorations to go up on the house what what is the cutoff because because mine's today i was listening to nat king cole today so what is the what is the appropriate time? All right, Christmas music for me, I play it year round. It will be summertime, and I will be listening to Michael Bublé Christmas or Mariah Carey. It just makes me happy. It makes me happy. If I want to be in a happy mood, Christmas, Christmas music, decorations. I used to be a day after Thanksgiving kind of guy. Now I'm like a week or two before Thanksgiving kind of guy because. I want the festive, put that tree up. I want to come home and see that tree and it's supposed to be in a good mood every day. I'm a Christmas baby. I was born December 20th. So Christmas has always been special to me. My kids love it because I go overboard on Christmas gifts and whatnot. Um, so the, the earlier, the better for me. So it probably, mom will probably go up in another, probably two weeks. So the question is, if, if Hunter is running to go get the Halloween candy, is he also going to be in charge with hanging the Christmas lights? Does he does he get delegated that as well? No, he, he gets a pass on that. The only thing we make him do manually labor is to take out the trash <laughs> when he's there. Yeah. Other than other than that, we'll we'll have a like I had a big project at my house and a couple of guys on my staff. They had to go. It was heavy lifting. And uh, my wife was like, well, Hunter's here, too. I'm like, no, 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 no. He can't touch that. <laughs> so he gets a pass with a lot of the uh, manual stuff just so that I, he doesn't get hurt. Yeah. Uh, I, don't want, I don't want Mike or the rest of Hokie Nation coming over here and mad at me because I had him heavy lifting stuff. But uh, so he, he just gets to do some of the stuff that's not manual labor. So have a picture of a hunter up on a ladder hanging lights, send it to Coach Young. I'm sure he'd be thrilled. <laughs> yeah, yeah, him and a lot of other people because uh, that, 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 that could be dangerous. Last question, Coach, and we're so appreciative of the time. Looking forward to this season. Um, I know we're going to be at Castle Coliseum a bunch this season, but um, I'm sure this answer will be different than it has over the past the past few years. But what is your message to Hokie Nation ahead of this season uh, with this team that you have, with the environment that you've built? Um, what is your message to Hokie fans this year? I, I think what everyone has to do is um, be patient. 
And, you know, I, I think a lot of people uh, want us to come out of the blocks and be the team that we were at the end of last year. It's just not realistic. You know, you know, we all want to be that, but it takes time. And this is a brand new team. There is no Taylor Soul on this team. There is no Kayana Trailer on this team. There is no DeAsia Greg on this team. Uh, so, so we have to be patient and allow these kids to invent themselves as a group. And we're probably going to have to, at some point, reinvent ourselves and probably one more time reinvent a newer version of that team as well. And that's what we did last year. You know, when we look back on last year, this time of the year, we were not a, a weld oil machine. We were not a unit. We were we were a work in progress. And uh, we really didn't become ourselves until mid-January. And this group, they're talented, um, but they don't know yet. And the beautiful thing what we did last year is that we were able to, to learn while we were winning. And that, that's what we have to do now. You know, we have to we have to try to win games where every game is going to be a process for us. But come out, support. Are you going to love the way they compete? Uh, they might do some things that are a little bit unorthodox, or a little bit crazy in the beginning. That's the same thing with this team last year. Uh, but just come watch and enjoy the process. And at the same time, you know, enjoy who we are. Enjoy watching Elizabeth Kitley play. You know, enjoy watching Georgia Amore. Come out and support us. We're not going to be perfect. We're not going to be perfect, you know, but we're going to work. And uh, we have a lot of expectations on us, but um, we're excited for the year and they're going to play hard. And I think everybody's going to like what they see once we really start getting everything going. Looking forward to it, Coach. Best of luck this year and uh, can't wait to see you guys uh, get out there. Appreciate you guys. Um, you know, everything you guys do, not, not only for us, man, you, you, got, you guys are awesome. And, uh, you know, watching you guys put together some videos the other day, you know, it's kind of made me laugh. And, uh, you know, but just just your passion for Hokie Nation, everything Hokies. And, you know, you, you guys you guys have been with us from the start, you know, from the start. And you listened to us and you believed in us. And uh, we appreciate that because that's the platform that we needed. We were trying to build this thing. And, and for whatever reason, you know, you guys jumped on board very, very early. So no one ever can say that you guys are bandwagon people because you guys are with us very early. You helped us spread the word. Uh, and now, and I think a lot of people are seeing what we were talking about early on. So appreciate all of you all support what you do, not only for us, the way you stick with football, you know, and, you know, because Coach Pride is building something and it takes time, man. It takes time. So we appreciate you all's patience. You enjoy that Christmas music, Coach. We'll talk soon. All right, guys. to wander tripping in the sand we smoke out windows drink till we can't stand but i saw you dance like you want to in my head and all that she said is oh i know it's what you're thinking please don't go this way singing trash my friend's place wake up the next day Do you?